0: Hey guys, welcome to Coffee with Alan. Grab your coffee and uh, your Bible, and uh, we're gonna talk about something today that uh, I've been I've been mulling over for for quite a while, um, and, and it, it just kind of came to a head when I was talking around the campfire with some guys um, the other week, and uh, one of the guys around the campfire basically was was saying you know he knew I was a, I was a pastor, and it was the first time I'd met this guy, this gentleman. Um, but it was neat just to have this great conversation about church, about about life. Really, you just and he he said something something very interesting to me. He said, if you can figure out how to address and talk about suffering, um, that that is that is key. That would be key for our world, for our uh, for our culture right now. And I and I definitely agree, especially because it seems like that that suffering right now is such a a widespread and common deal uh, it feels like there is just an, an over amount of suffering that people and society in the world are going through and i kept trying you know kept thinking about about that concept of, of suffering and where in scripture and how, how have we um, what scripture passages do we do we have in in the bible that that talk about suffering and how do we suffer in all these all these different things? And it, there, this this phrase kept coming to my mind uh, over, these, over this last week or so, is that people are willing to suffer if they they if they believe that there is a purpose. There is a willingness to say, okay, this this is bad, right now this this life is is you know it stinks, it's it sucks. Um, it is not enjoyable. This circumstance is not good, um, and but I I need I can I can suffer through this. I can press through. I can I can make things happen because I know that there is a reason, which is interesting to think about. You know what is the number one thing that people say whenever you know someone passes away uh, or something terrible happens? Um, well, everything happens for a reason. Why? Because our minds want to wrap around that that idea that everything has to have a purpose. Everything has to have a reason. Suffering and death and disease and, uh, and job loss and all these things in life, all the bad things that happen to us happen for a reason. There's a purpose. Um, <coughs> and it's interesting to see where where we where we get our sense of of purpose and reason around these things um, like say for instance um, I, I think about um, you know the number one thing you think about is what war you know men and women who are willing to suffer and die for the cause of of America America of, of our freedoms right we talk about you know the the, um, the you know give, giving their last um, last what, what do they call it uh, measure of full, full measure of devotion, right? From the, from the famous Gettysburg address that, that Lincoln gave talking about, um, about all the people who had suffered and died during the civil war. Um, and, I, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll read, read that real quick. I mean, here's, it's pretty short actually. Um, so here's the Gettysburg address, Gettysburg address, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here, have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note, nor long remember, what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish from the earth. That's it. That's the whole Gettysburg address. I had no idea it was so short <laughs> until reading it this morning. Um, history, right? This is why we have to learn history. We learn things, right? <laughs> so here he's, I, just, I love his beautiful language of how he talks about that of how they were devoting themselves to further in advance. You know, those who were willing to suffer and die were willing to suffer and die um, so that others may live. Um, When, when you know, Truman basically like saying, why did you drop the atomic bomb um, to cause suffering? And he said, because if I didn't, there, you know, hundreds of thousands more would have suffered. Um, and, And so basically like, he was weighing who and how much suffering there was there was going to be. You know the great the great theologian uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer during World War II. He was a pacifist and he, no no violence no war no no you know, murder, and yet he was part of the assassination attempt on Hitler back in World War II because what his 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 thought his his belief was that if he did not intercede where he could and be involved in something to assassinate. Hitler, one man and, and his council, his, his administration of the Third Reich, if he didn't work to end by causing a little bit of suffering for a few, then the then there would be thousands, if not millions more that would die, suffer and die because he did nothing. And so he was weighing the balance of what suffering would he? Uh, engage in would he engage in causing the suffering of a few? Would he engage in by omission in causing the suffering of thousands, hundreds of thousands more, if he had not interceded? Um, and of course, we, we, you know, it's that's actually part of the great movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise in it. Uh, it's all about that's the assassination attempt that that Dietrich Bonhoeffer was all a part of, which we know, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately failed. Um, but it's that concept of. Of, of being willing to suffer knowing that there is a purpose, knowing that there is a reason. Our, our minds, our human minds, want to wrap our minds around grasping for what is the reason. Because if there's no reason to the suffering, we feel lost. If there's no reason um, why someone died in a car accident, uh, someone died of 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 you know from <clears throat> from um, cancer, um, and we're also willing to blame. And here's where a lot of the suffering in our day in our day to day lives today comes from: is we want to blame others when they die of you know things like COVID. Uh, they w- we want to want to blame someone when they die in a car accident. Like this person was was doing this or doing that. We want to find the reason because if there's not a reason, we're lost we feel lost Um, and and you know it's not that we always have and here the difficult part is when we don't discover the reason and so we you know how do we wrestle with this in our faith how do we wrestle with this oftentimes you know people um, deny their faith because they suffer and then again there's that concept of blame they blame God for their suffering God you made this happen you were the one that caused this And i don't know the reason and so i'm going to blame you for it and then just give up on you i'm going to blame you for this um, and then walk away uh, from this faith and so it's it's interesting to see how you know i always have that that phrase you know there's you know atheists basically say there is no god and i hate him (laughs) right it's not that they don't necessarily believe there. Are, I, mean, I, would, I would genuinely say that there are genuine atheists out there that just truly really, just straight up don't believe. Um, but I, I, I also would argue that there's a lot of atheists out there that just can't understand intellectually and so they they can't wrap their mind intellectually and you know logically around the concept of God and salvation and scripture and often you know like like the great dc talk you know um quote says you know the greatest cause of atheism in the world today is christians who acknowledge jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyles and so they haven't found an expression of faith that they have found to be authentic Um, every expression of of faith seems to again you know there doesn't seem like there is a reason for their faith Um, And so you know, throughout this season you you may have heard quite a few of these scripture scripture passages but I want to address some some of the, you know certain things that that they talk about that we have brought up in in terms of suffering now this isn't going to be a a, a totally encompassing you know sermon or you know, teaching about suffering there's a lot to there's a lot to it uh, but the basic that I just want to give us give us a basic framework because remember people are willing to suffer as long as they Know that there is a reason, and they, that they understand that there is a purpose. As long, as, or at least as long as they believe that there is a purpose for the suffering, they're willing to give the ultimate uh, sacrifice. They're willing to give that last full measure of devotion to be willing to suffer because there is a reason. There is something greater on the other end of that suffering, right? Which is why people work out. You know, <laughs> they they suffer through. You know, enjoy the pain, love the pain. <sighs> you know, because why they're building muscle. And so they're suffering temporarily so that there is a better result on the other end. Right? So this is why we talk about, you know, working out, like working out your faith, you know, like you suffer through some certain, you know, certain circumstances to build and to cultivate your faith. And so here's, here's what we're talking about here. So even Romans eight, twenty eight. what does it say? You know, for we know all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Right. So we've heard that. I've heard that several times over this last year uh, through COVID. We know that all things work together, no matter what. If you know someone who died of COVID, if you have suffered through COVID, you know, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work out. There's a reason for everything. Right. The cliche goes right. Um, <coughs> but it's interesting to, to note you know, that, that passage right before this in the same way We'll get all. Yeah. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Remember, people are willing to suffer as long as they know that there is a purpose, know that there is something, there is a reason, and a glory to be uh, held on onto at the other end of this. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will that will be on the end. Right, will be revealed to us. Um, and then it goes on to, to say that creation is groaning, freedom is, you know, children. Um, in the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. In the, in the times of suffering, sometimes we just don't know what to pray. We're like, ah, I'm suffering. I, this, 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 uh, like this is hard. This sucks. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm, I'm frustrated. I feel um, gosh, uh, you know, what is that feeling? That that feeling of, I don't have a trajectory, don't have a direction, don't have a, I don't know the way to get to this point on the other side. That All this stuff feels so dark and gloomy and I don't know which way to turn to get through this suffering to see the glory on the other side. It's that, So when we, don't, when we don't know, when we can't see the way through, in the same way the Spirit, which helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings for he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god so he knows the direct the trajectory he knows the directions he knows how to get through this 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 darkness this murky swamp this cave of you know, the, the, the dark night of the soul as it's been called right he knows how to navigate through to get to the glory on the other side and that's why when we don't know we pray because we know all things work to the to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. He leads us out if we're called and, and walk by the Spirit. He will lead us through. He will, you know, He who lead you, has led you to it will lead you through it. Right? Yeah, you know, as the cliche goes. You know, there, cliches are sometimes some of the worst things. But it's interesting in the midst of suffering. Sometimes the cliches we understand we get to understand. Okay why do these comes these things come to you know come to the surface oh because people suffered and these things were an encouragement like a few years ago back in 2016 when i almost lost my father uh, there were so many of these clichés that helped get me through it you know god you know, you know like this we know all things work together this was one of the th- one of the cliché verses that was you know thrown out but it was so encouraging. It came to my mind. He who led you to it will lead you through it. You know, you know all these different cliches came together um, to give me and my family hope. And so don't, you know, don't, I wouldn't necessarily hear, I've, I was super just like, you know, to like, to these different cliches. Sometimes it's it's beneficial to just keep our mouths shut when we, and in the midst of it, the cliche doesn't mean anything to us. Okay, great. Just let it be, Right. But there are times when these cliches can be super helpful. These cliché verses can be so impactful because they hit a different way when we're in the midst of suffering, do they not? Right. So I mean, think about Philippians 4. Right. <coughs> this yeah, this doesn't mean that you can you can get that job. This doesn't mean that you can get you know that you can make that field goal. You, you know you can score that points. So I've seen it all over like these different like you know athletic t-shirts you can do all things through christ who strengthens you i can do all things just do all things. if they keep shorting it do all things right kind of like a christian nike you know swish right you know so for you know philippians 4 let's go to 10 again remember context we need to know the context of what's going on here in the scripture scripture passage to understand that verse. We cannot just cherry-pick verses out of the scriptures. that's called proof texting and that's bad. Um, so Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. you were in fact concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. So he's in prison. he's suffering right He's this is what's called a prison letter. these, these you know Galatians Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians these are four prison letters that Paul writes and so he's suffering. He said, "I rejoice greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You cared that I was suffering. You cared that I was in prison. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself." That's the context of thirteen. Okay, I, you know, I for I have learned to be what, content, at peace, in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little and i know how to make do with a lot in any and all circumstances i have learned the secret of being content whether well fed or hungry whether in abundance or in need i am able to do all things through him who strengthens me through or through christ as it says in other other manuscripts still you did well in partnering with me in my what hardship in my suffering He's, basically what he's saying is that this church this the philippian church has actually become his financial you know sponsors while in prison because basically in you know what he was under he was in in house arrest in rome and so the philippian church that he's writing to this is basically like a thank you letter to you know to them like, thank you for your support. Thank you for your check, right? You know, like we uh, when we're growing up, you know, when you get a, a check from grandma and grandpa, you know, you send them a thank you note. Your parents say, all right, let's send them a thank you note. And so you sit down and you write a thank you letter. That's what Philippians is. And so this is, you know, Paul writing the Philippian church, a thank you letter. Thank you for your check. Thank you for financially supporting me because guess what? I am changed. to this Roman centurion who's also reading this letter. So, he thanks you as well because because he can eat too because you're providing my food basically for me you're providing my my living expenses for what I need to live day in and day out uh, because I'm locked you know I'm changed to this Roman centurion this Roman soldier um, and so he basically says I have learned to live in in this you know thank you for your letter. For I, you know, I don't, I don't say this out of need. You know, all these things, like you know, as as if I need more. Like I'm not saying all these things, you know, because I need more money. Because I've learned to be content. I've learned to live with a lot. I've learned to live with little. You know, I remember growing up, and we had, you know, my my. I didn't realize this until later how much how how poor we were growing up as a as a family in East L.A. But how, you know, we relied on our, our next door neighbors who were you know, went to our church um, you know, growing up, but they also owned the local Taco Bell. And so they would get, you know, a 10 pound bag of their Taco Bell ground beef and bring it home. And, uh, and they would take a pound of it for, for themselves for the week because they were an elderly couple. And they'd give us the rest of the nine. And so we would have hamburgers, we'd have Hamburger Helper, we'd have, hamb- you know, beef stroganoff, we'd have all these things with hamburger in it, you know, so I, grew, I grew up on Taco Bell hamburger, which was awesome, it was great, it was, but I didn't realize that it was out of the overflow of someone's generosity and love, and how we were suffering but they were alleviating that suffering by being a provider by you know doing all these things. And So I learned how to live with little. I learned how to to shop at thrift stores, which I still do. You know, got these pants at the thrift store, got nice got my my sandals because they were left in my Uber Uber fare. You know, I was buying my shirts and pants and everything, you know, basically everything comes from the thrift store. Like furniture, this came from the thrift store. You know, <laughs> this was a Christmas present. You know, learned to live with a lot and learned to live with little. And so, and so if you learn how to live with a little bit, you, you can learn to live with, with a lot. You can actually have better ability to live with a lot um, if you're able to learn and, and understand how to be content in that situation. But so this is talking about possessions and things, and, and so suffering through financial hardships, through suffering through possessional hardships, you know, where, whereas Romans 8 was talking about um, you know, suffering, you know, either for the gospel or just suffering in life. Um, you know, the different things that they suffer. And let's look on, let's continue on. You go, James, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So, Again, talking about rejoice in them because you know the outcome. You're willing to suffer in the moment, in the circumstance, because you see the outcome. You see that there's a better result, a better reward, a better glory on the other side of this. So consider it great joy. You may, you may not, you may not be happy. Here's the thing: you know, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is 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 a happiness in the situation. Like I'm happy because of the circumstance. I'm happy because things are going well. You know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm happy. You know, I am pleased. You know, um, or yeah, like life is okay. I mean, it's, it might be you know I'm suffering through something. I'm 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 navigating something in my mind in my head, and so I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. So I feel a little in the darkness right now, and so I'm a little bit of suffering, right? Um, or great suffering man i just ha- i just lost my job hey I, I just you know i just lost a child or hey i'm i'm sick or you know i had covid um, and so i'm in the midst of it and it, it stinks um and so uh <clears throat> so in the midst of it, it it you know the circumstances aren't very happy but I can have joy, let's say, consider great joy, because you know the, op, the, the the end result. You know that there is glory. You know that there is a reward on the other side. There is a purpose. Uh, whether or not we know the purpose in the moment, a lot of times we don't. we, we look toward the future and, and its alleviation. And then we can maybe understand the purpose or even understand that of what it developed along the way. Okay, this stunk. This was a terrible situation. This was awful. I don't I don't look back at you know it, where I almost lost my father and say, oh yay, that was awesome. But I see what it developed in my life and my family, and that relationship that I have with my father, and you know, I have it with my dad. And I see a good on the other side. It worked to good, and it's still working to good. Um, even though it's different, it's maybe and maybe not what I wanted you know, this life to be, um, or wanted for my daddy. And I'm sure he doesn't say, he wouldn't say that he's living the life that he wanted to, to be living, you know, after almost dying, uh, and, and having stuff going on. And, and so, but there's the, we learn things on the, on the opposite side, on the other side, and we can see a good reason and things that God did develop and that God did grow in our lives and in our minds our thinking in the way that i navigate relationships with my with my family and with those who are suffering because now i can also you know sympathize with those who are suffering with those who uh, whose lives are being affected and rocked by a bad circumstance medical uh, or whatever whatever have you um, and so that's why a lot of people see on the other side of of, of suffering through cancer they can or or suffering through a miscarriage like we did. You know, suffering through something we can therefore now understand and sympathize in a way that we were not able to do before we suffered that thing ourselves. It's not the purpose of it. God's not saying, hey, I want to to do this in your life so that you know this on the other side. It's the the good that God grew and developed out of that situation. Because like the Bible even says, don't look look at the trials and and the temptations and say, God caused this but that God will use this. Um, Evil happens because we live in an evil, broken world all around us. Miscarriages happen because of brokenness in the world around us, in this physical realm. Um, Death happens because of Adam and Eve, right? (laughs) We always talk about, you know, I'm going to get to eternity and have some very choice words for Eve, and (laughs) Adam and Eve. (laughs) So, because there is suffering in this world because of them, that's the reason why there's suffering in this world is because of sin, of brokenness, of the enemy, Satan and his angels and his followers. There is suffering in this world because of those who are separated from Christ and, you know, and, those, and those who are connected and following Satan to Satan himself, the, the angels and the fallen you know, fallen spirits, and then those who are under their control. And here's the thing. The people are not our enemies, They're, they're cap. These are the captives. The people in this world are captives of the enemy. So we don't villainize those who are captive. We vilify those who are their captors. So I just want to make that, make that, that, uh, that, that thing, that, that clarification. Um, and people are not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy and the people are the, are the victims. So we need to treat people as though they are being victimized and they don't even know it. Right. Um, People, you know, there is suffering in this world because of that evil. But here's the thing. Consider it great joy. Okay, I can have joy, not happiness. I can have joy knowing that God will work good, knowing, knowing this is what I have the joy in, not in the circumstance, in this journey, that God will grow and develop something in my life, and I can keep an eye on the glory. And even if I die on the other side of this, there is glory because I'll be with him. If I'm dying of cancer, I can still have joy. If I'm dying of COVID, I can still have joy, not happiness, because either I'll be in hit with him in heaven or I'll recover and be restored to my family. So either way, it's a joy. That's one of the, the greatest things about the Christian faith is that no matter what happens in this life, I can always look to the future with joy because I know like my family members pass away. They die. I know I will see them again because they love Jesus. They will be in heaven. Um, there is a joy to be had if I suffer and die, uh, because I'll either be with, Je- either be with Jesus or I will suffer and be restored to those who I love, right? Like my father did, like my dad almost died, but he did not. He was restored back to his family. And so this is the, that, that is a great joy that we can have because we know that the testing of, of our allegiance to God, our, our faith produces endurance, It helps us so that the next time we suffer, we're more equipped to suffer because we have a greater reliance. We saw God come through in the past and we know that he's doing it in the present and he will do it in the future. And so every time we suffer, it gets easier. I wouldn't say easier. We are more equipped to suffer because there's more endurance that's been developed the more that we suffer. Uh, And you, my brothers and sisters who have suffered greatly, you you know what I'm talking about. Um... And so, I mean, Peter talks about this as well. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time if necessary, what? You suffer grief in various trials so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which is perishable itself, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you are not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice, again, there's that word again, with inexpressible, glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Like I said, there is hope, there is joy. even in the midst of suffering, there's not happiness, but there is joy uh, that can be had and, 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 and rested, rested upon. Um, <coughs> and so as we, as we end up our, as we end our time today, um, again, remember that, that phrase that people are, you know, we are willing to suffer if we believe that there is a purpose. And whether or not we know why something happened, like why did this happen? It's not God that caused it. Um, <coughs> it is something that God will use and can can use and wants to use for your glory, for your joy, for your endurance for your faith to show you that he is trustworthy with your suffering that he is worthy to be relied upon he's not to be rejected and say god you could have stopped this you could have you know why did why would a good god ever let this happen this bad stuff happen <coughs> god will use that because we live in a fallen, broken world, so if we want to know the reason why bad things happen to good people, it's because of that. We live in a broken, fallen world. Um, like, like I love that how, how uh, Rick Warren spoke of that when, when he was asked why did 9/11 happen? Like, why did this happen? The news anchor asked him, like, why did it, why did this happen? Did God did God cause this? Is this a judgment on America? This is evil happening because evil does evil things. All the time. It never sleeps. It never stops. Um, evil, wickedness, the enemy does not stop. It will not stop. Satan will not stop. He is a cornered dog who knows that he's defeated, and he is lashing out with all of his might against that which God loves. And what does God love the most? He created the He created the world and all things in it. And what was the pinnacle? His greatest love of all creation. Humanity. So what is the easiest way to get an effect, you know, and try to stick it to God by messing with that which he loves most. And he loves people. And he loves, most of all, his people. He loves his saints. He loves Christians. And so, who is he, who is the enemy going to mess with and and attack the most? Believers. Christians. Saints. God's saints. <coughs> and so, that's the reason why it maybe it, may it happened but and I love that remember my favorite two words of the Bible but God will use these bad things and you, your struggles with your, your navigating through the, the murky waters of this suffering and bring you to the other side if he led you to it he will lead you through it if, if you were if you were led to it God will lead you through it God didn't bring you to it necessarily. Is that evil may have led you to it? Evil may have been what did it, but God will lead you through it. Even though the enemy did it, God will lead you through it, and make it and lead you through it to good, to reward, to glory. That is the purpose. That is the glory. That is the reason. Not that it happened, but the reason to which God wants to use it for this next season of your. Life and so whatever season you're in right now, in in your life, in your suffering, in your, your struggle, you're wrestling with the, the 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 you know the economy or or politics or your financial state or your relational state with others. Um, know that God wants to develop something glorious and beautiful throughout this next season of your life. And if you're not suffering right now. Know and have faith and build up and, and use this this time as an, as an encouragement so that your faith may be that you know, growing in endurance and growing in endurance so that you can have that mental awareness now that when the suffering does come that he wants to bring you to that next phase of glory. Now, like I said, this is not going to be an all-encompassing di- diatribe discussion on, on suffering. There's so many more things that we can talk about when it comes to suffering um, but just as a general thing, uh, having that understanding uh, of, of suffering, uh, both in our in our minds, but also what God has to say about about who he is and his desire for you in the midst of this suffering. So I hope that this is encouraged to you today. Uh, be blessed as you go throughout your, your your day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.